0: This is a Tripod Broadcast.
1: Nope.
0: He ain't doing So
2: are you against paintball guns now?
0: No, I'm not against paintball guns. I'm just against stupidity. Did you hear me? Do you want me to come lead you in? Okay. I don't see you in 30 seconds. I'll come get you. Look for the purple man waving his arms at the end of the room.
2: boys ready to get started
3: let's get it rocking and rolling okay happy spirits yeah
2: welcome to uh, episode 12 uh, barnhill outdoors podcast thanks everybody for tuning in
3: yes thank you thank you
2: um this week's going to be a little different we were supposed to be in uh, north dakota talking about our exploits up there and but we had a pretty hard change and happened to our family Um uh, We lost our uh, uncle, uh, Mark, to uh, what we believe is ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. So we're doing this uh, podcast today, or tonight rather, just kind of as a memorial type episode, I guess you guys could say. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of get an idea of who who our uncle was, I just kind of want all of us, starting with you, Pat. Oh, speaking of the way, uh, Patrick. Special guest. Special guest from... uh, I got your six outdoors. He's with us here in person. Lou, Lou. So we're happy to have him and why we grieve, you know, over the loss of our uncle. But uh, I want you guys to go around and just kind of explain who our uncle was and why we're doing this episode tonight, because I I think it really will explain a lot to to why we are here, (laughs) actually. So... Patrick, I guess if you wanna just kick it off man. Yeah, Mark uh
0: was definitely a thing for all of us we can say that uh the waterfowl guru. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um outdoor guru, I guess I would say. But uh he definitely that was the first time I ever hunted ducks was with, with him and shared some of those memories with you guys, so it's it's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. But you know, he meant a lot and taught me a lot, taught you guys a lot and literally everything I Pretty much, know about duck hunting or goose hunting came from him. So he was he was a good dude.
4: (laughs) Yes, he was. I think we can safely say that all four of us here were introduced to waterfowl hunting through Mark. Like, I think he's the one that took us on our first waterfowl hunt. He was. Yeah, yeah, he's he's always been a huge inspiration in our lives. I think we all looked up to him because he was like he was kind of larger than life. Like he was like a real life superhero. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he wasn't
3: afraid of anything. It's like he was no. a guy that, I mean, he was just like you said, he was he was just a strong man physically, but mentally, emotionally, I mean,
4: he was a rock. It yeah. just
3: seemed like he was invincible.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. you know he he put up a heck of a fight. Yeah, you know against a disease that's fatal, but he,
2: no known cure. Yeah. You know.
3: Yeah, I mean, to me, like everybody else on the table, uh, first time I ever went duck hunting was with him. He taught me some ways to use a duck call, so that's how I learned. And goose call, too, as well, and just taught me the basics of it. I mean, some of the stuff I had to figure out on my on myself, but he was definitely the guy that got me into mm-hmm. that side of the outdoor world. Before yeah. that, it was all deer and introduced me to that side so um but yeah just a guy you you look up to and you want to be like <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah i i echo those same uh sentiments and stories i i know I was probably eight or nine is when we went on our first hunts and that's, that's mm-hmm. my earliest memory of of that uh yeah but like brett said he was larger than life he was an imposing figure he was uh he represented everything about true grit, about uh, just that whole persona of uh, what we consider like manhood, you know, yeah. just, it yeah. was, yeah. it but, was, I
3: mean, he also, you definitely had a softer side. Oh, you know? absolutely. Like he was a teddy bear um, when it came down to it, but mm-hmm. on the shell, it was like, On the
2: shell, yeah. I mean, yeah. like that's tough <laughs> love. Tough love. Yeah. Tough yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. You know, and as kids, we <laughs> were like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> At times, but now in their, their early 30s or late 20s, we're like, man, that those things just really, uh, really affected us. And uh, I know hunting with him. I, I remember him giving me a duck call. I was with his his uh, nephew on his other side, of his family. He gave us a duck call, and this is one of like one of my biggest regrets. Just thinking about it, it was just how I, I lost that duck call at mm-hmm. some point in that you know in. Uh, probably 13 or 14. Maybe not even. No, I was like 12 or 13 when he gave us that thing. I had no idea where it went. I just, you know, now I'm like, I wish I really had that duck call. It's kind of funny yeah. he gave me my first goose call, too. Did he? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Whenever you had a question about electric, because he was an electrician, yeah. or waterfowl, you always called him up and he'd go through like step by step. Step and, by step. That's yeah.
2: how I always did it, step yeah. by step. But yeah, man, it was just it's hard for us to kind of put into words, you know, how we feel right now, because it's, it's like right now, it's just just tough. And uh, anybody that's listening, you know, Mm -hmm. there's those people in your lives. And then it just, it seems like it's over so quick. So.
3: Especially uh, someone that seemed invincible.
2: Yeah, absolutely. To me, I mean, it was
3: like, I I had a healthy fear from, he was intimidating, but also loving and Mm -hmm. supportive and, he was a good instructor. He taught you how to do things, but he made you work hard for it. I know <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot of my and work, you did it I right. Think, yeah, oh yeah, came from him because he he made you work hard and like you said, Pat, he demanded perfection when you're working. And it mm-hmm. it sucked when you were a kid. Like you were like, this is
0: awful. Couldn't even pick
3: corn stay. right. I didn't sometimes. want to go there in the summer. <laughs> I didn't want to work. Had pick individual ears of corn off of a
2: and put it in a twenty acre cornfield. And you can get twenty five cents. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Every time we filled up a bucket, he'd give uh, twenty five yeah. cents, and that was enough to buy an ice cream or something. Yeah, <laughs> but. Corey, I was interesting. You said that because I was thinking about how he instilled that, that work ethic and stuff like that, and I was wondering again if we can go around the table, like how has that, how has that uh, permeated into your life into the outdoor world, like whether it be hunting or anything, you know, like how has that uh, affected you guys? I mean, I'll say, especially uh,
0: just with, like, the duck hunting and goose hunting aspect, you know, you always have those pre-conversations about, like, where the decoys, how you're going to set them, what, you know, yeah. the wind and all that, and Mark was a stickler, man. If, you know, you, you didn't set those that spread right, five minutes later, you were looking up, and that man was moving 10 dozen decoys <laughs> across the field because you didn't put the J-hook right, or, you know, and that's that's carried over to where... I get a little anal when it comes to that stuff. And yeah. I know that comes from him because I, I want perfection in the spread, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he, he definitely taught me that that's, that'll always stick out to me is yeah. the perfection for the desire for perfection when mastering your trade, as you always want to say. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you and, notice like if birds for some reason flare or they don't do it all the way and they, you know, end up just circling mm-hmm. a couple times and then taking off. Then you know that's probably either your hide, your they see you moving, or it's your decoy spread.
0: Well, and that's and the hide was definitely he was. Yeah, he, you better not let them see your pie that. face.
3: Yep. I mean, that was his. <laughs> if you
0: looked up the whites pit, of your eyes, oh right. man, <laughs> might as well walk home.
1: Yeah,
4: but he's because of him. My new tactic is what Corey calls the slug.
3: The slug <laughs> tactic. Because
4: as a young hunter, you know, I recall one. of them, one memory I have, there's, a, there's at least six geese coming in. I don't know, Corey, were you with us? Was it in the pit? We, we were in the pit, but I was in the mummy blind. I don't think I was at that one. Okay, I don't, I don't know if it was Pat or Luke. I know there was three of us. It was me, Mark, and someone else. Probably, Luke. Probably was Luke. And I guess, I don't remember doing anything, but they flared and Mark chewed me <laughs> up. <and laughs> he's like, Brad, quit moving! And I'm like, <laughs> you
1: know,
3: so now, itch. He, now he lays there like a slug because it's his only
4: defense but i've learned that from mm-hmm. him you know now i'm like mm-hmm. and how many birds have i flared now
3: not a one i mean you, don't, you never move i mean you. we tell him to shoot and you're still <laughs> sitting in the <laughs> no i don't
4: but i was kind of thinking like we were kind of on you know because waterfowl was mark's thing like he was the waterfowl. He lived and breathed. He was the that true guy.
2: duckman right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
4: He, I mean, if you got in a conversation with it would start out probably about his faith and then it'd always work in the hunting yeah. somehow. I mean, always. Like, you they couldn't have a conversation hand. where it wasn't hunting related. Mm-hmm. But since we can all say that we had our first hunt, so I wanted to know if we wanted to go around and talk about, it. if we can remember your first hunt, or or a hunt that you had with him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm was going to answer Rick's question first around the table and then we can start there. Okay. You asked Rick, what has he taught us as far as our experiences in in the outdoor world? And I, I would, I would say perseverance and perfection. Mm -hmm. So when things don't go, what you, the way you expect it to, you don't give up. You keep going, you keep grinding it out as they say. (laughs) which is another cliche term, but, yeah. but uh, okay, we can baby. have a whole episode yeah. of cliche. <laughs> cliches. Oh, there's so many out there that just drive me nuts. But anyway, so I, you just, you don't ever give up. Cause I mean, there's a lot of people that hunt that aren't successful and they're just like, oh yeah, it's not, you know, it's not for me and that's fine. Right. And then there's other people that hunt that aren't successful and they just get really frustrated. Yeah.
2: And I haven't been successful in three years, yeah. like whether it's a deer hunt or a duck hunt, but yeah. you know, I, yeah.
3: Perseverance. I mean, yep. just persevere, keep going eventually things are going to turn around. It doesn't seem like that in our case because every time we try to do something, something Something happens. happens. Uh, This one, obviously, the biggest tragedy uh, we've had in a very long time, but keep going at it. I mean, there's there's been a lot of duck hunts that I haven't seen a bird. And then finally I get into a spot where I see birds, but I'm not on the X. And then you got to keep moving in to get on the X, and it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Moving your decoys, picking them back up, breaking ice. I mean, Pat, you and I went to a spot a couple of years ago that we were the only people in the whole location that killed birds that day because we broke ice every fifteen minutes and it was miserable. I mean, that was terrible. But it was awful. We we killed birds. <laughs> right.
2: And when did you ever yeah. hear Uncle Mark say anything was easy? No, mm, yeah, anything he did was not easy, yeah. you know. And that, yeah, I mean, just well, and the whole persevere thing. His thing was you can't
0: shoot the birds on the couch, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, yes. and if you didn't wake up to go duck hunting or goose hunting. There's, you or better, there's better a certain bet you were getting person. woken up very soon. Yeah, he would wake you
2: up. There's a person here at this table that didn't wake up a lot of times. Who is that, that would be you,
3: sir, <laughs> Rick. Somehow no. you were able to get out of it while the rest of us, he just turned the light on. And wouldn't. We'd try to shut it off and he'd come back in and get turn out it back on again.
2: Yeah. He'd just say, yep, yeah, get up yep. Um, <laughs> and leave the light on. But going yeah. off, and you guys are making excellent points because it. We all kind of, we've honed in on perseverance and perfection mm. and that's how my memories have been as well story brett he gave us a a blueprint to make a chicken coop <laughs> and we were eight nine or ten eleven maybe i was eleven okay two, so i was it
4: was two thousand i was eleven so, so i was ten years 10. old and you're reading blueprints he gave us he gave us <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> gave architectural no it know, was
2: because he has electric side. paper you know yeah, yeah. he has graph paper because he's an electrician and he gave us a, a blueprint for this exact mathematical, <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong, and you know we started going you know we 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 were attempting to do this, and we know uncle Mark's standard, so we yeah, try to keep met. it to that standard and I remember, I don't even know what it looked like afterwards, yeah. but I remember he came back after two or three hours, he had a job he had to go to, and he you just could see the the disappointment on his face <laughs> and we had these, you know, we had a pool driver and the poles, and we had to put them all in the ground. And which he, was a chore, which was a yeah. chore. But he got his tractor. He literally pulled these these posts out of the ground in five minutes, and he did it himself in about five minutes. And I know it sounds like like why would he even do this in the first place? But I remember specifically, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brett, but in some form, the way he said it, he said, "You have to pay attention to what I'm, what, what what's before you," and yeah. it was. I think we, you know, we're 10, but I think we over examined it. I I don't, hindsight, I don't think it was as, Mm -hmm. you know, extensive as it was. It was just eight posts that he wanted at least in the margin of, you know, five or six feet. I'm pretty sure he told us this, but, you know, we're 10 and I'm like probably looking at the daisies or something. But it just comes down to that, that perfection and, you know, this is how you need to do life. Like, you yeah, need to it do it. It was a this deeper way. meaning. Yeah. yeah and now, the you know, cake.
4: and I he didn't I, understand it then, no. but now right,
2: and, and it makes sense. So, he went to the hospital this Monday, which was uh, October 12th, I think. But so I've had a lot of time to think about, you know, what could happen. And, you know, I think about all these memories. And that's been my biggest thing has been that story about you have to pay attention to the directions and that goes off. that goes with everything in life and that's boiled over into you know how we're trying to be as a podcast and how you guys are over at IGY6 mm-hmm. it's about perfection and perseverance and absolutely i just think it's yeah, it's really it's well a, said yeah know, so that was deep yeah i don't know what to say after that one. i know yeah. no i <laughs> i just like i am just hearing you guys it just it just tells me you know and anybody don't give up and i'm not even saying just us it's everybody that's had an encounter with uncle mark has been affected in a profound way that we have. And I guarantee it circles around these traits. Yeah. and well, These are amazing traits. And when you, when you incorporate that into your hunting, your fishing, that's, I mean, that's faith. I mean, your faith. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's even family. Justin,
0: uh, Maddie's dad had met him at the wedding. Yeah. And, uh, knew him what, like 30 minutes. And that's what he was telling me the other night too. Like, he knew Mark. Mark made a big enough impact in that thirty minutes that, like Joe, just right. knew <laughs> what kind of man he was, yeah, exactly. who he was, yeah. how he was, and that's the way he was. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
3: he was. You said it perfectly. He's profound. I mean, he left an impression on everybody that everybody. ever met him, and in a positive way. And, Let's go back yep. to
0: your story. Or sorry.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just thinking that was great. Now the stories about Duck ducking seem a little. Less important. Well, no, it's, it's... It's it's all in the same vein. It comes full circle. Yeah, yeah. So, one of the earliest hunts I can recall, I, w- I couldn't have been but 10 or 11, probably around the same, 2000, year 2000, and it was definitely one of my first waterfowl hunts. I remember he had, like, these shotgun shells laid out in front of me, and he was, uh, he was explaining, because I, you know, as a kid, you, you know, there's shotguns, but he was explaining, like, this is a 410... 12-gauge ten. Mm-hmm. so he was going through all that with me, and I I think I was using a 12-gauge, I guess. I just remember we, we cooked breakfast. He was talking about the mouse prints and the grease, <laughs> <laughs> but it was the best breakfast I ever had in my life. You know, I still remember him frying all that up, and then we didn't see a single duck forever, and all <laughs> of a sudden, he's like, quiet, and I'm like, trying to listen. I don't really know what I'm listening for, and... He's like, if you hear that sound, and I was listening, finally I could hear some swoosh sounds, like you know, they were wings, but I didn't know what I was hearing at the time, and he's like, I think we got Hooded McGansers, and <laughs> <laughs> that's just how Mark, everyone it's who's hunting with Mark. got a broken toenail, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, Aristocats. You hear that?
3: <laughs> sounds like a little. cricket. Well, we him.
4: all know that when you hunt with Mark, he'd be like, quiet, and you'd be sitting there forever, and finally, something like an hour <laughs> later would show up. He's like, we've got 12 geese coming, you know. And he hadn't even spotted them yet, but he could just tell by that. Dis- we but it was accurate every time. He yeah. was, because they really were. There was a pair I of Pettit McAnsers. Yeah. And I and he said, I was grabbing the gun. He's like, don't bother. You're never going to. Because they never, I don't think they landed but they were swooshing around. Don't bother. And, <laughs> and
2: what, what, what's the mileage on those? Like how fast
4: are those things fly? Was it 100? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put them again. And, in can, and the
2: cans are the fastest duck. That's crazy.
4: That's like the first real duck hunt mm-hmm. i ever mm-hmm. been on. Yeah. That's. Don't even bother. <laughs> I mean, he was honest Client. with me. He's like, don't. No,
3: I'm yeah. the leader. I'll say <laughs> what it was. <laughs>
0: Mine was uh that well, I said something about to you guys earlier, but uh it was me and Luke, and that's Mark's son, our cousin, and uh, it was like the first time I finally talked him into taking me out to that pit. I think probably eight, nine, something like that. And he hands me Killer, which was his infamous twelve gauge. I'm here infamous, like yeah, like that's the gun, yeah,
2: the gun. But uh, terrified.
3: Many a birds have <laughs> fell
0: dead um, from the, that the, the uh,
2: whole the, populations in the last 40
0: <laughs> years that gun yeah. was taller than me yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah. just terrified and uh, you know me and Luke and him were having a good time and I think we shot like a gadwall or something to start the morning and then just out of nowhere I don't know what it was came and landed on the pond and Mark looked down the pit and said that's yours Pat so I remember I just I pulled that sucker you know I was holding that gun there and shaking like you know i got that deer fever shake going and terrified so i closed my eyes right before i pulled the trigger and i opened my eyes all excited to see a dead duck and all i see is a bunch of uh cattail feathers <laughs> going everywhere and mark goes yeah you you sure got that one and he gets up out of the pit walks over to the pond edge and then pulls the cattail up out of the ground he's like there's your trophy bud <laughs> And that i'll never forget that because luke luke still does not let me live that one down Killed the biggest
2: cattail you'll ever see. It's <laughs> funny.
3: One of one of my favorite stories, even though it wasn't a successful one, was same pond that you're talking about. And we go there and we're pond hopping, and we get out of the truck. We're excited, and I'm pretty sure I remember right. I thought I heard some goose honks up on that pond. I was ready to grab the gun. I was getting ready to put the shells in it to climb up this levee, and Uncle Mark's like, "No, I'm going to go check it out first." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay.
4: I was a witness to this one. And, I design. mean, do you
3: remember hearing the sounds of birds? Like I could have swore there I'm remember. sure we in my memory, maybe it it wasn't, but we were very young. <laughs> and uh just got my twelve gauge, so I was probably eleven or so. And he crawls up this levee, gets to to the top of it, he starts belly crawling at that point, peeks his head over, and then immediately pulls it back down as fast as he could as fast as he put it up. And he just kind of looks back and I could see it on his face. And all of a sudden,
1: you yeah. <laughs> know, and
3: I just stood there like, what just happened? But I don't know. It was just, if you knew our uncle Mark, it just makes sense. Cause he was, he was all about, he wanted to be in control of that situation. And, yep. and he wanted to, for us to kill a bird so bad that he wanted to make sure it was going to be a guarantee. Yeah. And I think that was why he went up there and, and checked it out himself. And it was nothing
2: he, selfish either. It was like he wanted he he want to see st-
3: where the birds were to give us an idea where right. we would go hop it and shoot it to have the best opportunity. I, I
4: don't think he realized they were like right there on the Literally bay. across like yeah. as soon as he popped his head up they, they were, looking they were at eyeball him. to eyeball yeah. with the goose. Yeah. So. But I don't know why
3: that memory <laughs> sticks out. I think it was because of his face when he looked at us. His eyes oh. got real big and he was just like sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Uh,
2: my memories, you know a lot of these memories I share, uh, but I remember just how he was an, an organizer. He was the one, kind of what you were saying, he was one to make sure that the hunt was going to be fruitful, and I just, he was a great host. Like just, oh, the he,
3: best host. Yeah, I mean. He should have been an outfitter. I don't know he really how he did absolutely. everything,
2: and he must have pre-planned, like obviously, he must have pre-planned everything before we came out and hunted, whether it was duck or deer, but we get up, you know, the butt crack of dawn. Uh, barely awake but if it was deer hunting he'd have breakfast already going in the in the shop and it would be you know hash browns eggs bacon just a a smart man's dream smart. you know yeah. 50 pounds of bacon like and then have. you know i do remember one of the first hunts. we get up to go to, to the to duck blind i had this is the first time i've ever been out there and i'm like i'm hungry you know like i just <laughs> i was like we're gonna be out there all morning like you know cuz uh, because like oh yeah we're probably gonna stay out to two or three like you know, as an eight-year-old or nine-year-old, you're like, oh, "That sucks," you know. <laughs> but we get there. There's electric inside the inside the the pit, and there's a, a stinking gas-powered uh, stove in there. And as Brett said, like it was just he would, he had everything in totes, like it was already pre-planned. We never took anything out to the the, mm-hmm. the pit, so he had thought all this stuff mm-hmm. to make the hunts the best uh, the best experience possible, regardless if we got ducks or not. But yeah, It was just the fact that he he recognized the yeah it's like the impactfulness of a good experience, like having breakfast mm-hmm. and having hot chocolate, which probably that's why I love hot chocolate so much, <laughs> was being there at 22 degrees outside, you know? And then you have that little tarp from one side to the other of the blind. It'd be 80 degrees on one side and 22 degrees on the other. It's just that, to me, sticks out the most with my experience. Well, like, it's like you guys... You guys know like I'm the breakfast guy. Yeah, you know yeah. in our group. Like that's yeah. and I got that from him. Yeah. Cuz um,
0: I mean, I was if I wasn't the first one awake out of our group, it was, either, it was either me or Brett, I would say. Yeah. We were always like kind of the first ones to be up, but I always that was like the moments I cherished with him the most yeah. was I I would wake up and I would help cook that breakfast. The early
2: conversations yeah.
0: and I've carried that on like my group now, IGY6, they know that. Like, yeah. I'm the breakfast guy. Yeah. When we go to Montana, you you're the breakfast guy. You're the You're the eggs guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I cook bacon. I cook a main hash brown. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, he didn't do anything small scale. No. I think that was, I mean, that's a big thing that sticks out to me, too. Like, most people would maybe have, you know, a normal size grill. Like, I have a, just a regular <laughs> size grill. I have a Traeger, but it's just a regular size residential size grill. No. He's got a Traeger that's like commercial size, <laughs> four foot long, you know. Like, everything he did was just. Giant, commercial grade.
0: What was that smoker that he just bought like two years ago? The oh, one I, that... Yeah, that he, yeah it, was literally, commercial four, it was
3: literally four foot long on wheels and it had like four decks on it. I mean, like four
0: racks on it. And then he, he hardwired the natural gas in yeah. from the yeah. ground and ran it to the... Yeah. So there was like nine what spots. Heck,
3: I mean, he man. was an electrician, so he had the know-how and he ran electric to all of his goose pits, d- duck blinds, deer... Cabin. Oh, yeah. I mean, I call it a cabin because it's a, got a deck all the way around it. I mean, you could sleep in there. We did it before. Kitchenette. It kitchenette inside. A garage at the bottom. Of Parker ATV. Ba- bathroom. I mean, nothing he did well, was, he was like what single. normal people would
0: do. Do you guys remember Josh, my buddy from Chicago, that came down to Labor Day that one year? Josh see? Josh Dadina. tall kid. Oh, yeah. oh he yeah, was yeah, a lefty. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. glasses. Yeah. And, uh, it, that's one thing that he always said. Like he went down that one time to Labor Day, and he's like, "Do you guys all have this on your properties?" It's like, "What the heck, Pat? You said you guys were hunters. I didn't know you guys were like." Because he did it big, dude. Everything. He up. had the the you know the tower yeah. that he built that yeah. would probably withstand a F seven tornado or something. You know, like oh for real. Yeah.
3: I mean, I brought a buddy. We went up there duck hunting on a trip, and I was talking about joking about him being an outfitter. But that's one thing my buddy said. He's like, man, your uncle should outfit this place. Because yeah. there was birds, lots of birds there. But it was just the experience. Mm-hmm. Like, he would tell stories. I mean, his setup, his, his man cave, right. his garage, was say the man cave, a kitchen sure. in almost every building he has. Yeah. A lot of outbuildings he had. Um, gun safes in almost every building. And it was just, he always had breakfast. He always cooked your lunch. He always cooked your gen- dinner. I mean,
0: oh, dinner would be like. 50 pork steaks <laughs> with There's 10 no pounds of catfish you would never and, leave there hungry yeah,
2: I just and that's just like all of that was the experience and it derived from the key points we keep talking about mm-hmm. it's yeah it's the standard and his standard was always 100 steps above yours yeah. and you better catch up because he's gonna <laughs> leave you in the dust and that was yeah. not a bad thing it's right. not, and that's the thing like i don't want people to get the impression that he was this super strong authoritarian like just no grace no it wasn't like that at all fine boy man I mean he was authoritarian with me I mean I understand why (laughs) but you know I didn't want to listen to my dad in my early preteens or whatever but it shaped up when I'd go to Uncle Mark's house yeah yeah he didn't put it (laughs) up but But, man that's just it's fun hearing these stories and just the impact he had and
3: I did have a, a listener that requested us tell a story from it's actually a lady whose husband has a story about Uncle Mark yeah, and go for it. was requesting that we tell it because she listens to the podcast. And uh, his name's Rob, and he went to college with Uncle Mark and our parents. And he, they went on a rabbit hunt. And from what I understand, and I might butcher the story a little bit, so if you're listening, I'm sorry <laughs> if I mess it up, but uh, I don't think he was much of a rabbit hunter from what I understand. And they are rabbit hunting, and Uncle Mark found a dead rabbit that was just stone cold iced. I mean, just a frozen rabbit. And so Rob wasn't just, uh, he wasn't near him at that point. So he went and propped the rabbit up and went over to grab Rob and they found it. And, uh, he's like, Hey, look, there's a, there's a rabbit over there. Why don't you sneak up to it? So Rob being a novice starts sneaking up real slow to this rabbit that's already dead, obviously. (laughs) And, uh, points his gun up and Uncle Mark's like, yeah, yeah, get closer. You <laughs> so he's just feeding into this. Always you know. feeding. Yeah. Always. Get up there. and So he finally shoots it and of course the rabbit just, it literally just falls over. <laughs> 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 but it's just an ice brick frozen rabbit and then, you know, they get up to it and finally I think Rob realizes that it's, that it was a gag. That's <laughs> Uncle Mark was. I mean, he just, he was a...
2: He made it fun. Yeah. Like it was just... Mm-hmm. Once you got all the hard stuff out of the way, you know the prep, mm-hmm. you know the the standard. What we're talking about, it was fun. You know, yeah. work hard, you play harder.
0: Well, and I remember another classic memory that I have with Mark when we would get into it like we always would. And uh, it was my first time bow hunting, and I was in that tower stand. Mm-hmm. i Had never gone bow hunting a day in my life ever. I, think I was like thirteen or fourteen, and that tower stand. To give you guys perspective, it's like. Forty foot off the ground, <laughs> <laughs> pretty so, tall. It's really it's high. not for bow hunting per se, <laughs> but I was going to try anyways. And he he sent, sent me out there, you know, gave me the food and all that stuff, and said you're not coming back in till six. And this was at like four in the morning. I'm like, oh great. <laughs> so I'm out there. I think I was in the stand twenty five minutes. You know, shooting light came and all that, and then I just look up because I was texting, and uh, I remember looking up and there was just a huge fourteen point buck just I mean it was probably like 40 yards but you know I don't know and <laughs> I remember there used to be a big brush pile in front of that and I, I drew back and was sitting there for probably three minutes while this deer was just stuck behind this brush pile and I'm just <laughs> shaking my life away you know and I'm getting ready to just let go of this thing and then here he comes that deer comes finally comes out broadside and there's a really big oak tree or was it a wall was it a walnut tree it was one of his prize trees out there because he always <laughs> talked about it and this deer comes out and i'm definitely getting ready tree. to lose the arrow anyways because my arms are about to give out on me and I, I remember i let that sucker sling and that thing just dead center smacked that tree <laughs> with a brand new broadhead and it was just sitting there just bouncing and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he comes to pick me up later oh, that man. night in the in the Polaris. And I'm just sitting up at the tower, and that's the first thing he sees. And he gets out, and he just looks at me, and he's like, really? <laughs>
3: yeah, he couldn't get away with anything. He always just, noticed uh, it, the smallest things. Just,
0: he he <laughs> never let me live that down. Every time we would drive by that tree, he's like, remember that time you shot my tree (laughs) yes i do mark yes i do
4: i'll never forget
3: (laughs) but i i think the point of this episode is to explain how all of our knowledge skills and love for the outdoors has stemmed from in one way or another from our uncle mark absolutely Mm -hmm. you know obviously brett you and his dad had a huge part in our yeah love for um, deer hunting and pretty much everything else <laughs> but the waterfowl aspect and just you know hunting in general also comes from uncle mark
2: because it was uncle mark that got your dad into waterfowl mm-hmm. so i mean that's yeah. again that's a shared experience yeah. that's yeah that bull that mm-hmm. rolled over
4: yeah back in the 80s yeah all
2: the
3: time.
4: you know we always joke because when mark would tell a story it was always incredibly embellished or seemed like it but yeah Yeah, we were even talking about, before we started this podcast, we were talking about Mark's stories, and Dad's like, well, I will say this, (laughs) I have seen some things that your uncle has done, and he said, uh, it's impressive, he said he, he remembers three different incidents, and one of them he was telling the story was, he said there was a group of geese coming over, and I guess they were way, way up there, and Dad has told me this story in the past, but Mark had said... Watch me ying yang one of these. Yeah, that was his term ying yang. <laughs> ying <didn't> yang it. <laughs> and uh, so Mark pulls up. And Dad's like, "There's no way nobody can hit a bird that high up." He said, "Mark shot," and all of a sudden, one of those birds started wavering and spiraling out of the group. He said, "It, it sailed a long way off because it was way way up there." But he, he ying yanged. <laughs>
0: he was the one that you never sky busted. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uncle like Mark to was would like to take his
2: to an place. amazing shot. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible.
3: And he, he could also a throw a claybird about 150
2: <laughs> miles an hour. About 150 miles away. By the time <laughs> yeah. you could get
4: your gun on the claybird, it was yeah. like a little speck <laughs> three <laughs> counties away. <laughs> he would tie it
2: or uh,
3: screwed it into a uh, like broom pole. So is a normal,
2: is, uh, is it was a normal uh, claybird bird thrower, clay just th-
3: handheld clay thrower that he's screwed into a
2: just a big old broom, broom stick handle, yeah. so this thing was six feet long yeah it's like
3: almost like a golf swing but i mean i'm not kidding that thing was over 100 miles an hour in 100 yards and no time flat. i mean you couldn't like you said if you weren't already like aiming down your barrel yeah. and just happened to be there mm-hmm. you weren't catching up well to
0: and that's he you know. taught us how to kill geese straight up yeah. i mean when yeah. you're laying out from a layout blank so you take mm-hmm. that thing and he'd say he'd always say it's the last goose on earth you're gonna feed your family and he'd <laughs> Rocket that thing! Oh, you I couldn't even remember. see yeah. it. He yeah. would do
2: those scenarios, and that's yeah. uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I I forgot. I about would that. starve ninety mm-hmm. yeah. percent. <laughs> he would do all yeah. these different scenarios. He yeah. would do the funny. wounded rabbit yeah. or something, yes. all types of stuff.
4: Man, I'm glad you said that because I re- I forgot that he would say this is the last goose or duck on mm-hmm. earth, and he said this you feed your family and he'd throw it up, and if you missed your in the scenario you <laughs> died. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said I wouldn't have survived most right. of the time
1: because he'd
2: <laughs> sling those things up. And I remember, we'd go out to the other side of his field and he would do another scenario where he'd chuck a, a clay bird and say, This is a dove, you know. Yeah. And, right over your head. Right over your head. I mean, it's just.
4: See, most clay bird throwers, like mechanical and hand thrown, they don't match the actual speeds of the birds. They're a little right. slower. Right. Marks were faster. Than the actual. <laughs> Much faster.
0: But it honed you in. Yeah, well, dude. You know what I mean. Think, you think about how it, good yeah. a shot you actually I mean, are. I attribute from all that. Yeah, yeah.
2: I attribute my marksmanship to Uncle Mark. I mean, it's yeah, because most of our most of my marksmanship training happened at his house. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Labor oh, Day, for sure. every time yeah. every time we shot, it was yeah. at his house. And you know, it sounds bad on my <laughs> not doing it anywhere else, but
3: but having that experience, you go into the military right. and you become shoot expert, baby, expert marksman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I,
0: I do that stuff to my friends now, even like I catch myself saying, slash goose on earth, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to kill it because it rolls over, man. Yeah. We might be out of Iowa right now.
3: Yeah. We'd be, <laughs> yeah, probably getting close to being through Iowa into Minnesota yeah. about now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're, tonight was our travel day, night, I guess we're driving all through the night yeah. um, to get there tomorrow. What time would we be in there tomorrow? About noon? About 11,
0: yeah. 11 o'clock noon, yeah. something like that. Sounds terrible. Yeah, it would have been awful. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> they're uh, got a big push of birds. I hear. Going to mm-hmm. be really, really, really cold though. It may freeze freeze up a little bit.
0: I I honestly think it would have been.
2: Yeah. I think we would have been in fields. I think everything's going to be locked mm-hmm. up. Yeah. It was. It's getting eighteen cold degrees, there, twenty yeah, mile an hour for a week. Yeah. Patrick, how excited was Uncle Mark for us to go on this trip? Oh, dude. I was I the last one to talk to him mm-hmm. out of the group. I mm-hmm. call him on September fourteenth. I think that's the last yeah. I talked to him.
0: Yeah, because I was talking to you that day when we were out at our pit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should have called him that day. I'm,
2: yeah. I mean, it's... I know. You know,
0: I know. I can't do but that. But so. <laughs> he was, he just kept saying over and over that he could not wait to see the pictures yeah. and the videos. <laughs> and again, went into how to call at a duck <laughs> and how not to shoot at a duck when it's 10 miles out. I you see its feet. And... <laughs> Oh, what he said something else, man! I just drew a blank. Gosh darn it! He had, he said something else that always made me laugh. Something with the spread, but yeah, but he was beak bang. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> beak bang. Oh man, he would have
2: it would have been a good trip, but yeah. family first, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think we're gonna use since we're not going on this trip we're going to dedicate this upcoming waterfowl season to uncle mark Mm -hmm. and we're really going to try to hit it hard more than i have the last few years i mean i'd be remiss to say that i haven't really been uh,
3: (laughs) pat and the guys with igy6 have offered to take us hunting um their spots in illinois we really
2: appreciate that gentlemen so
3: yes thank you guys very much uh means a lot and so we'll try to bring some content to you there and try to bring you More content with deer and duck as the season progresses. Absolutely.
0: We're going to get you guys on some birds. I'm (laughs) I'm
3: excited. I'm ready to kill some
0: birds. I I think things are lining up that way. Well, should we uh, introduce what's going to be announced tomorrow on our page? Yeah. Uh, I think with you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I think we went over last week on that episode 11 or whatever it was that uh, IGY6 were affiliated affiliated. With uh, Top Down Decoys, yeah, uh, their local company out of Illinois. And uh, they are gracious enough, we're going to be, uh, you guys are doing it, aren't you? Yeah, we're doing the giveaway. So on our page, and uh, it'll be on the Barnhill Outdoor Podcast there on Instagram, we're going to be doing a giveaway. I know IGY6, we're going to be doing two dozen. Um, it'll be one of those like, share, comment things, you know. Mm-hmm. And then a random winner will be picked at that, and you'll get two free dozen decoys. And are you guys just doing one? I we'll just we do were. one dozen. Yeah, I think we're doing one dozen but free free decoys or free decoys. Yeah. But so that'll be pretty cool. So be on the lookout for that stuff for sure. We're pretty excited to see how many people want these decoys. Yeah, we like them.
4: Neat. I mean, like, can I win them? <laughs> <laughs> winner, Brett. Yeah.
0: They're picked, cool decoys. I randomly though, picked man. myself. Yeah. I don't know. That. <laughs>
4: I don't know.
2: what
3: <laughs> You, you get two decoys for the price of one, essentially. I mean, because you can
0: use well, it as well, well, snow goose or Canadian What we're going to do on our instance, we're doing two. Uh, we're going to have, uh, because the, the, they're called the CS1s. So the CS1s are the Canadian snows. Mm-hmm. So when you flip them over, it's either or. And then uh, he actually, the other ones, I can't remember their names, but it's a speckle belly and a mm-hmm. snow. Okay. So for the guys that uh, speckle belly hunt and all that stuff. So we'll let them choose, you know. What if they want two sets of the Canadians in the snows, or if they want mixed match, whatever, whatever it be. So, yeah. speaking you'll have of specs, your options, you and I heard some tonight. Yeah, inside. they're coming through. That was mm-hmm. that was refreshing. That was to the hear.
3: first. That was the first sound of that. I heard, the I heard. heard
0: that, and you're like, you I hear that. I perked up. It's about go time, <laughs> Get that guys. Tunnel vision. That's some speckle oh, modes. We open up the 24th. I like think you said you guys open up. Northern
3: Northern Zone of Missouri opens up the 24th. So as it's
0: are well. We're guns blazing, man. We're ready. Yeah, yeah. I know one of our guys is going tomorrow morning cuz they open up in the north north zone in Illinois. So we'll see how that goes out for him, but oh, we're
2: excited,
4: man. We're,
3: we're on right
0: the
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So quickly, Brad, where can they find Barnhill Outdoors on
4: Well, you can find Social us media? on uh YouTube. Um just search Barnhill Outdoors. When you if you do come and visit and you enjoy our content, please hit that subscribe button, mm-hmm. hit that bell, and select all. That'll let you know <laughs> that all of our videos that we post show up. And you can also find us on basically every podcast outlet one can think of Yep, through uh, Tripod Broadcasting. Yep. And then we have our IG account, Instagram account, Barnhill underscore OD underscore podcast. Nice.
0: And we're at a, just... Igy six uh, outdoors on Instagram. So,
2: good deal. All right, everybody. Before we uh, just as we close, I just take you know these moments with people that you hunt with, these experiences, and just you know, I'm not saying you gotta take them for granted or anything, but just soak can in I, the memories. Can I say like one last thing? That's Absolutely. Just a little bit. So, like,
0: I think one thing, I with this happening. Um, it kind of was making me reflect on the way down here today. Yeah. And I think as as outdoorsmen and hunters and this news, the social media craze and age, it's I, I think we're getting way too invested into and I'll just say like the waterfowl world too crazy with who who shoots the most,
2: who's, flashy, who, who's the yeah.
0: piles, who's got the nicest guns. And you guys have said that to me because I'm, I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. bit of a gear guy. And it's kind of starting to resonate a little more with me and it's more about the experience and the memories yeah. with being with who's who you are hunting with, yeah, the camaraderie, I mean. and that's something I am going to focus a lot more on this year. I mean, I hope we shoot ducks. I mean, I want to see. I would be. I love tailgate pictures; they look cool. <laughs> but like, I think last year I was too hungry to think I could. Ju- I just want to get the photo. Just want to get the photo, mm-hmm. and I wasn't taking in, you know, what was around me. And the enjoyment of yep. being in the field and doing what we love. So, yeah, just listeners do that. Man.
3: The objective is to kill ducks. The purpose is the experience. Mm-hmm. Experience. Yep. And when you
0: limit out, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's and awesome. One it's, thing well, over the duck hunting has over deer hunting is that more personal, personal. Like you're, you're. It's a group effort. Like you can't really. I mean, I guess you could duck hunt by yourself, but i mean duck hunting is very much a group effort mm-hmm. yep and yeah you're cool. saying that camaraderie and, and don't get me wrong i love deer hunting and you have that camaraderie after the hunt you know mm-hmm. you get together right. after the camp, hunt and you on. start talking about your experiences but you that you're just telling someone your experience whereas duck hunting you're all experiencing you know the right. hunt.
2: yeah and
4: that's great points
2: guys and I, that's basically what i was gonna <laughs> what I was gonna say so that's cool uh so yeah, just everybody, uh, you know, just think about these things and just, uh, you know, kind of why you do this and, you know, the people that you love and uh, just do this with. Uh, cherish it. Cherish it, man. Yeah. And,
3: and then it's, when it's when it's gone um, with those loved ones, like with Uncle Mark, I know with his personality and the way he is, now we have to persevere. Absolutely. And we have to continue.
0: And,
2: and we're going to slam him, dude. And that's, again, that's the, that's the you're right. mark. And that's that's what we're going to do. And that's what the duck hunting, cool. well, outdoor hunting, that's what you do. You persevere. So, well, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, though, again, absolutely, guys. Absolutely, yeah, man. Thanks oh, for having me. Glad to not be on a Zoom call. It. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, lag. A little annoying. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Uh, anybody else got any last words? Anything? We just, we love you, Uncle Mark. Uh, we'll see you someday. And, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got well, to say. See you guys. See Bye.
1: you. Bye.